Um, welcome to another episode of season two of Bastard Pastors. Um, we're, I think what we decided this week is that we're going to try to get everyone, like do everyone from our church. Like, uh, not like on the podcast is what I mean. Like, uh, and uh, Joel. Yes. And have everyone on and see what it's like to have conversations with everybody who will at least say yes anyways. Um, but today... We are with Mitch and Matt. Uh, miracle. Uh, do you go? Is it miracle or do you hyphenate or what's the deal? It's a work in progress. It's going to be miracle eventually, but it's a lot of paperwork, and I'm very, uh, I'm a, I'm like a huge procrastinator. So. Apparently, it's gotten much easier during quarantine. So. How is the decision of whose name gets taken? Well, his was cooler. Yeah, but I was gonna say you gotta you could be dumb not to take Miracle because it's a yeah absolutely name, but... like I've got a couple of salt jokes for Morton but like Miracle's very versatile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I think I've always just defaulted to Miracle because I like saying Miracle Man. I think it's fun. They were also we, a comic book group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, we we uh, we were announced as the Miracles at our wedding, so. The miracle. Although, yeah. I never thought of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I think that it's at one point at our wedding, like I believe in miracles play. Oh, oh, that is that is my family's like song. Anytime it comes on, you know, drunk Lenny in the corner is just like, come on, guys. So it's just classic drunk Lenny. You can't not invite him. <laughs> um, how long have you guys been at Legend? Uh, so let's see. It's probably since 2016, something like is it, that. Has it been four years? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like, the, no, it was like February of 2017. We were wow. we went when you guys, I think it was your last year at the, um, the community center. Community center. Oh, right. Maybe. And I, I think our first conversation with you guys was at a barbecue place. Yeah. City barbecue in Blue Ash. Yes, did, I remember that. Uh, you told me this before. How did you go find? Did, did somebody introduce you to our church, or did you just find us online? Uh, we were looking for a new church, one that was like open to having us, and that's like a whole chore in and of itself. Sure. Like because uh, often you'll find that like either churches have a stance against it on their website. Uh, we're a gay couple, by the way, in case that doesn't track. Like, <laughs> there's not like a girl named Mitch. Who's, who is this man and, and the other man with a woman with a deep voice? Uh, who is this? Yeah, you know, for the benefit of the listening audience, I felt like I needed to throw that in. So, <laughs> but like, you can find on the on, like church's website either like it's ambiguous or they're against it, and like in that ambiguity, you have to tease out like whether they're like against it and don't want to say that, or they're, yeah. they don't. Ooh, how do that. you do that? Do you have a test of like? fishing out ambiguity so the first filter is uh i have a special like google search query <laughs> oh yeah i'm, I'm like, surprised i, I, know, I shouldn't be surprised but i'm pretty surprised that you have this all right so what's what's the search query oh i just have like a list of like uh keywords like marriage lgbt homosexual gay lesbian like and it just like goes through that list and then you can do like site colon and then type in the name of the church's webpage and like if you add all of those together then it'll bring up anything that's published on the website that contains any of those words. Mm. So Did we have a zero? Yeah, you had a zero, anything but, on our you website, had, so. but you had this podcast. He, he found wow. you all through this podcast. I forgot like, that you did listen before. Wow. Yeah, so I knew what I was getting into. <laughs> did you? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a pretty fair representation. I feel like when we met with you guys, you were like, usually people don't find us through the podcast first. <laughs> so. Right. I was like, yeah, but I don't want to like go and get attached to some community and then find out a year later, like, hey, you're our project now. We're going to leverage like, your attachment <laughs> to us to like make you think and do what we want you to do. You know, you know what's interesting about that is like folks at the opposite end of that spectrum have the exact same process like if they sense ambiguity about that like the lgbtq issue is a way that they winnow churches out it's a, but their code word is will always be tell me your theory on or tell me about the inerrancy of scripture as soon as somebody tells you asks you to describe the inerrancy of scripture what they're asking you a question about is what you think about lgbtq issues Mm. Um, because like what they're going to, but they don't want to say it out loud because they, they know that they're going to sound, um, biased and judgmental if they do that. And so they've got like a, a series of code words and I've had multiple people say like, well, tell me your stance on 
on the inerrancy of scripture, the authority of scripture is like, just ask what you want to ask about gay people, man. It's fine. I know. Like I know where this question's yeah. going. Let's just what, what are you really getting at? Let's get around <laughs> the corner here. Uh, here's here's a question. I actually have two, but here's the the first one is what have you found that a, a lot of churches or, or we'll just say Christian churches to start there um, who are like affirming, affirming or open are weird. <laughs> That's loaded. Uh, no, I feel like I, and I, I, and I'm saying that thinking that we are not weird and yeah, that we are point. weird in probably another way, but like, I, I I'm trying to think of how uh, a word to describe what I mean by weird, uh, just almost like silly or, uh, childish. Childish is actually a good word. Yeah. I, I guess one of the criteria that like we set out for, I didn't mean to interrupt you. There you go. I was going to okay. ask a question. Um, was like, th there's a lot of like churches that are welcoming in Cincinnati, but like don't seem to like, I don't know. And, and I, I don't want to like, cast judgment because I haven't like sat in these congregations and seen like how they go about their lives. But like on the surface, it just kind of felt, felt I wanted a place that took the scripture seriously and where that was plain. Mm. Like, and that was kind of obvious. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I found that at legend and we, we tried that. We tried a few different churches and some of them, it felt like political activism was kind of in the driver's seat more so mm. than, mm. than religion necessarily. And that's not even just, casting judgment on that approach just more is that's what not what i was looking for yeah i mean so that's we, i have to try and be very fair about this yeah. like i'm not right i'm just going yeah. for like what i'm going for i think we had lots of ends of the spectrum too because we, we visited places that like i don't know i don't know what a good um very liturgical places i was gonna say hi in my own parts <laughs> <laughs> um, they uh they just, I don't know, like they were they were they were super welcoming but to to a point where it was like there wasn't any substance to it, mm. I guess is what I would say. I think that's fair. That like yeah. especially that seems like I think the political activism sort of or this identity marker goes both ways where you'd like there's sort of this thing and so we're gonna make everything bent around this thing, whether we're pro or anti or whatever. Um and I think weird is the right way to put it. Cause like I had a, we would want you just to come hang out. We're not looking to like, to make you like our token, like our token gay folks that come on stage. Right. And prove how woke we are or whatever. Mm -hmm. We just want you to be part of the community. <laughs> um, I've been, I've been, I, I use that word sparingly now cause I realize that I've, I keep failing woke tests. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not enough for people sometimes. And so I've gotten a chip on my shoulder about it. I feel like you guys have earned the right to, um, take advantage of us as being a token gay couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you need um, us to wear like a rainbow <laughs> pin next time we're anywhere near the and stage. coincidence on the glasses also. It was not <laughs> yeah, like a themed podcast <laughs> glasses. <laughs> we're just on the rotation right the now. <laughs> well, you said when we did the, um, we did our barrel aged theology around human sexuality and I had multiple people tell me like, well, we can't talk about that because we have gay people to go to our church. Like, you don't think the gay people that go to our church have thought about sexuality in the scriptures? You don't, yeah, you don't you think they've come up a couple times in their lives? But like, people were telling me I couldn't do this topic. Mm -hmm. But I would like, having you guys there was lots of fun because we would have serious conversations. And then both of you are always, are always good for a really sarcastic quip at just the right moment, which would lighten the tension. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you gotta keep it lighthearted. And also, I've thought about this. I feel like we really <laughs> understood the response. I hate to say like I'm like we're Spider-Man or something, but I think we understood the uh, the gravity of us wanting to like wanting and possibly quote unquote needing to be there just so people yeah. could understand it was like a topic that was worth discussing. So now that it's come up, because I wasn't planning on bringing it up, I was I was <laughs> like, I, that's not what defines you. That's I mean, it would be a real thing. missed opportunity on um, the podcast named Bastard Pastor. Since it has come up, I do have a I've a couple questions too. Um, uh, I'm interested in in a world, or at least an American or Western culture of Christianity that has sort of dished out a lot of hatred, uh, a lot of unacceptance towards a big part of who you are. What what made you stick to God? Like, what made you say? I, and I, I'd like an answer from both of you because I I do also get that you have different answers too. 
uh, like what made you say, no, this is something worth, or Jesus even more than just God, but uh, this is something worth still pursuing uh, when that world has, has pushed you out? I think my answer will be shorter. <laughs> yeah, but, um, first. <laughs> my family as, well, okay, so I'm, I can't really dial it down to a specific style of Christian, but like my, I feel like my grandparents probably went to church more than my immediate family. But even, even with that knowledge, they all, um, they always taught me about Jesus. They always taught me about God. Um, I never really, as because of, because of the lack of, of like going every Sunday with my family, I never learned as much as I feel like I could have over my lifetime, but they always at least taught me one thing and that he was, you know, that he was accepting of all, of all, and that, you know, um, just like the basics. And um, I think when I was going through all of this, um, I had various moments, like really, really, like, really dark times where I had no, no, nothing else to turn to but God. Mm. And I placed all my faith in him, because I, I mean, there was so many times where I pray to not be gay or like pray to whatever, whatever, whatever. And then I reached a point where um, I kind of was just like, okay, you know, if this is me, because if this is me, then I would like to find someone that um, can be with me on this journey to learn more about you. Um, and also just someone like, I was like, I, I don't, at this point, I don't care if it's a woman or if it's a man, but I've been like hiding it my whole life. Mm. So I, like, I reached that point in my life and then, you know, a year a year or so I met Mitch and then we started looking for churches and then we found you guys. So it was like that moment where I hit that peak, I saw kind of a, a return on investment. If you could say a prayer, <laughs> a return on investment <laughs> because like I, I invested, I invested so much of my life, like trying to think that this was a bad thing. And then I reached that point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to just sit here and kind of give it all to you. And then, I waited a couple more, I waited and, you know, slowly but surely something happened and I can't really explain that, but I don't know if, you know, uh, I, I'm, I consider that to be like my biggest turning point with all of it. Cause I was like, well, I found someone, he's a good person. And then we found this church. Like I just keep, <laughs> Mitch, you do um, a little waving hands. I'm interested in, uh, so at some point someone told you like, Oh, you should try to pray this away. Or was that in your own mind? You thought I'm going to do that. I think it was in my own mind. I, uh, it, it might've been influenced by others, but no one, no one in my case, no one really ever looked at being gay as a bad thing. Like even I, I had conversations with my dad and he was like, Oh yeah, your grandparents do. And I was like, how, how could they have known? Like they all, <laughs> they all passed away when I was like, before I had even my voice dropped, like, right. and I, I, I mean, I, I knew because I, I, when I was in like third grade, I had crushes on boys, but like, I don't know how they knew, right. and they, they are very religious, and they all, I mean, but I think with my family in particular, they all kind of live up in Dayton, and they're Southern Baptists, and they had a son that was gay, and they kind of went through. The, he sort of led the charge in that, mm -hmm. as far as how they came to accept the it. Yeah, um, which um, story will be a lot different. How, uh, real, real quick, uh, <laughs> how, um, like when you prayed, like, do you feel like, man, I'm giving this the most earnest prayer, honest talk to God I can? And I, I think I was in, I, I remember I was in tears at the edge of my bed, just wow. like, okay, like, it, 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 I remember it being like, I remember thinking to myself that I really just got to commit to putting it all in God's hands kind of deal. Like, mm. I don't think at any other point, any, every other point up until that moment was like, Hey, if I do this, will you make me not gay? <laughs> like wow. trying to bargain with God. And I was just like, well, you know, I mean, I, I had to like sort of lay it all there. I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to be open to the feelings I have. I'm going to be a bit. I, 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 I I think the bargain I might have made there was like, I'm going to be open to the feelings I'm, I'm going to have if it'll help me also learn more about you. Because I also at that time felt like it wasn't even just about the gay thing for me. It was like, I wanted 
to learn more about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I was in an environment where we didn't really, I mean, we went on Christmases, we went on Easter's, but I didn't, I wanted to, I wanted to dive deeper into that. And uh, so I just kind of laid it all there and yeah. Man, I never heard that Long story. story that's, that's a good story, man. Yeah. I'm glad that you <laughs> Well, I don't first. share it often because like, I, I don't know. I feel like it paints me in a weird light, but I guess everybody has those like moments where they're like just kind of down and out and they need something. And if, you know, I, I find it hard to unconvince myself anymore because I've just seen, I've seen a lot come out of just giving, giving it all, placing it all in God's hands kind of deal. Man, that's that's powerful, man. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I have a friend who's like, why would you like Jesus? He hates you. I'm like, you don't know Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mitch, what are you following up with? (laughs) Well, geez, what? (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, man, I don't know how to follow that up. Uh, mine was very different because my family was not particularly accepting. Um, Are they accepting now? <laughs> They're working on it. It's so, it's going to be a work in progress forever. Like okay. My mom's side of the family more so than my dad's. But um, I don't know. I guess uh trying to remember the original prompt. <laughs> uh, the original one was given a world that seems hostile towards who you are or a piece of who you are anyways. I don't think it's all of who you are. Um, uh, why did you stick with it or how did you stay with Jesus or, or God for that matter? I think that, um, I mean, I, I come from a super religious home and everything. You know, I uh, was pretty involved even from a very young age. And so, I I had always been instilled with this idea uh, of God as a loving God. And in like when I was a teenager and I tried to come out with my family and then that turned into a whole mess for years. And then uh, all of that, like even through all of those struggles, there was this understanding that I, I never really questioned whether God was loving or whether there was some sort of plan to it, but rather that the circumstances were weird. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't, I mean, it, it was really confusing. And there were a lot of times where there was a lot of like, I don't know, driving down the road late at night and like begging God for an interview so I could just like clear this stuff up. Like mm-hmm. if I could just ask a few questions and get some plain English answers, like that would have been incredibly helpful. But I don't think it works that way. Um, and I, I guess I just hit a point where, I hit a point where I had to like acknowledge that there's, there's not the contradictions don't really work. Like two things that are at odds with each other can't be true. Like I can't change this gay thing. And I, I try Like I spent years in therapy, like mm. in conversion therapy, trying to like conversion therapy. Yeah. I heard that harmonist, that, that harmonist. Mm. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's, uh, uh, really gets the party going. What does? <laughs> what does that entail? Is it talking or is it like praying over you or something? No, it's talking, but um, and it's it's really a lot like standard like cognitive behavioral therapy until it's not until it's like brainwashing. Yeah, and, and a lot of what it comes down to is like. Can uh, this is a such a tangent, but uh, what I experienced was it was dealing with a lot of like issues that I had with my parents, and I did just because like you know everybody does, and uh, but also like trying to frame a lot of those issues as like the genesis of like homosexual feelings, mm-hmm. and like then also trying to like convince like on the other side of that convincing me that like feelings i had were like normal things and that i should just ignore that like gayness was a thing at all it it was it's very bizarre and even still i all occasionally like can kind of like oh that's a toxic idea i had from that (laughs) when um (laughs) when you hear of like the stories which i i don't know if i've ever actually heard them i've just heard that people have heard them 
of like people who did pray the gay away or people who have gone to conversion therapy and, and Hey, look, I'm not anymore. Like, do you in your head go, yeah, you're not, you're lying. Or do you just say that's a different person doing a different thing or. I struggle back and forth with it because I think the practice is harmful enough that like there's probably good from speaking out absolutely against it all being wrong, but I only worked my dreams. So like maybe there are some people who were like, by and going through a thing and then we're able to like come out of that and be like oh well i can have a relationship with a woman but like i think there's a big chunk of it where it's kind of a pyramid scheme yeah. <laughs> where like um <laughs> you know these people become convinced that they're converted through like these weird like practices of like diluting themselves into that and then yeah. go on to like counsel other people into that same kind of way of thinking yeah Wow. But it didn't take for me, obviously. And so like, <laughs> it didn't take. Well, it doesn't normally take for like even the, the folks who generally have feel like that success with it, like the longer range yeah. out you get from that, the less successful it gets, right? Like it's anybody can repress anything for in the short term or right. change in the short term. What does long term behavior look like has been really destructive, which is why it's yeah. illegal in the state of Ohio now. I remember going to a true love weights thing when I was in high school. And I think for about a week, I was like, ah, oh, I'm never going to have sex. That's great. It didn't last. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so anyway so no uh keep going uh you it didn't work the conversion therapy and then where are you at yeah so that contradiction i was talking about was really like being on like five years deep into this and really kind of like realizing it's bs <laughs> and but then also being like okay well if, if what i believe about scripture saying this is wrong is true and i exist in this state is also true like there's a contradiction somewhere in there and, and just i don't know it, i spent a lot of time like walking in this tension and in that tension it was never like how dare god do this to me but more like i think that i just don't know him well enough mm -hmm. and if that makes any sense yeah but did you meet any christians along the way that really helped you in that path that didn't hinder but helped <laughs> uh, I hate to say no. <laughs> no what, it, what it is, I, I did actually. I had an old friend from a. Uh, well, I, I had a, like an old friend from an old like scholarship thing I had done like 10 years prior who had come out and had like shared a bunch of resources and stuff on his Facebook. I hadn't even spoken to this person in forever. Mm. And it was just on one of those nights where I'm like up at 3 a.m., like, I don't know what to do with all this. And like that just like popped up on my Facebook feed. And so like I ordered that book the next day and I read the whole thing the next day and mm -hmm. uh, like struck up a conversation with him and like it, that it was just really helpful to meet somebody else and find out that like they were going through the same stuff. And it's really thoughtful, like listening to um, one of the, one of my sort of like, I don't know, gripes with the world right now is I think we're more, we're mostly reactionary and not very thoughtful about stuff, mm. especially about big important things like this. And I keep, I sort of get bombarded by like atheist friends and acquaintances who just say really childish things. Like the way that they interpret or like the, the way that they treat me as a, as a Christian is just, I don't care that they're wrong, but it's thoughtless. Um, and I like, it's been my, especially in quarantine, it's been my practice to try to gravitate towards thoughtful people. Um, because there's enough hot takes in the world. Like we don't need any more hot takes on anything. Um, as I furiously give up a hot take on social media about whatever the next mm. big thing is. But um, <laughs> we give up. We give up social media. Oh for yeah, a while. We, our Facebooks are dead. Oh, <laughs> I mean, they're, there, they're still there, but we just we deactivated them for a while. Okay, now I'm going to talk shit about you on Facebook all the time. Um, <laughs> now I've been thinking a lot recently about the word struggle. I hear that word a lot, especially just with life and everything else, and. Uh, I just think it's because I, I don't think we're supposed to have that. I think we're ideally we're supposed to be creatures who feel loved and can love each other. And that's like, you know, the utopian harmonious. Uh, but I think that's what God has for us. And I just hearing your story, I just feel like, oh, my gosh, man, like you both had to live so long even trying to figure out if this God you heard about does even like you like uh that's so that sucks that i i just sorry my heart aches that you had to go through 
that. I heard I heard one thing that sort of turned the tide for me, and it was um, I think it was a friend who had like he was upset because he had some sort of like medical thing, and he was just like. God must hate me because he wouldn't make me this way. Mm. And then someone was just like, well, God doesn't, God doesn't make mistakes. He's not about to start with you. And that like line kind of, I don't know. It clicked for me in my head. And I'm just like, well, I was made this way. So does that mean that I'm not a mistake? (laughs) That's good. Look at that. Um, And I was just like, I'm I'm going to. It's amazing how cheesy phrases over you sometimes will just hit you in the right spot and you're like this is why it became a cheesy phrase because it does work every now and then <laughs> yeah yeah i was like yeah it is cheesy but like it does make sense so um, then outside of uh openness or affirming what were your other criterias for a church or did you have others i was honestly Mitch did most of the searching because I was at the point after a couple of bad experiences we had where I was like, I'm, I struggle with know if we're going to find anything. And mm. even in Cincinnati, especially with, I mean, there's, I, I, I guess now my knowledge on it's a little, a little better because we found you guys and then we were like, well, there, are there many churches like this around the world? And then you find out that like some parts of the, of the country, there are like l- loads of churches like legend, but there's legends only, only in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati's the only, like, or Legends, the, I don't know how I'm supposed to phrase this. <laughs> There's nothing like a, like Legend out, or at, inside Cincinnati, I guess. No, that we found, yeah. That we found, yeah. But, um, Because you've been looking, you just, <laughs> no, whatever we can do to find like, something else is good. In Seattle, maybe Look, we find, like, five churches like Legend. We're looking for a place that's like Legend, but acknowledges that COVID is a lie and allows, like, yes. congregations so no uh, (laughs) like that's actually like joking aside i feel i feel a significant amount of peer pressure right now from both camps on the like that we should be reopened uh we should be meeting in person on sunday mornings and that we should absolutely not be reopened on sunday mornings like both pressure both sides of are like have lots of pressure to exert and i'm like I just keep like trying to back out of the room and let them talk to each other. Like, I, I don't need to be in the middle of this conversation. You guys just, you guys just find it out. And I don't care. Yeah. I hate it all. I feel so conflicted right now, especially recently because for the longest time I was as apolitical as you could possibly be. Not even because I took that stance because I literally never listened to anything on any side, never voted, never cared. Like just didn't, it was nothing. And then I got so much pressure from everyone. Like, man, you should know what's going on in the world. You should be active. You should take a part. You should. And then I, lo and behold, start to at least have an opinion. And now, like, people are like, well, yeah, you're all political and it's not cool. <laughs> uh, so I, I actually hate it all. Like, it makes me sick to my stomach thinking about yeah, you wearing a mask, whether it's political or not. Or, um, so I don't know. It's all, it's all crazy. Um, so uh, I, have a, I have a couple other questions because I, I, like, I like hearing, um, you know, obviously I like hearing that you like to come into legend that you found it, but um, do you feel um, like where you were before and then, hey, being at a church that has accepted us for who we are has been um, like good for your spiritual life? Like it's really increased it or? Yeah, I think. I think we had a lot of healing to do and more so than we really could acknowledge um, when we first came out. Like, I don't, I don't think I realized the extent of it, but uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. Like, like I said, in my story, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I, um, I had that, that one like moment where I was like, yeah, I need to just kind of give it all to God. And I was like, but then we, you know, we had so many experiences where it was like, I don't know. I, I went, I've always gone through my life, even aside from wrestling with the gay thing where I've just been like, you know, maybe this is going on in my life because God's trying to teach me something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I found Mitch and like, well, he delivered on half the promise or at least the half of the thing he talked about. <laughs> Mitch, you're a like, half. Well, <laughs> I did it. Well, and then that I, rounds up. <laughs> and then I was just like, 
and then I'm like, well, we have to find some place. And then I, I mean, after some of the experiences we had, I was like, hesitant. I don't know what the word is. I'm, I'm on the spot, hesitant or like maybe uh, I was in disbelief that we'd be able to find anything that sort of. Honestly, it's weird how perfect legend is considering <laughs> when what 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 like what my prayer was at that in that moment was I was like I just want to learn more about you like if this mm. I don't think that this a thing is a, a the main topic you want me to take out of life yeah and yeah. I was like and then we find you guys and you're like we're all about just teaching you scripture <laughs> and I'm just like that's kind of that's that hits a nail on the head for me but uh, well, that, that, like, okay sorry. Oh, sorry no no you oh, go we <laughs> We came from like a place where like participation was encouraged only to a point and we're like right the like i don't know the 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 back and forth kindness was always like leading up to a point where there's like a hey we need to talk to you about this thing that we don't mm-hmm. agree with but we still love mm-hmm. you they'll still take and your money for a while though that whole thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, um so and i didn't even know that that bothered me as much as it did until like we started coming to legend and during like the, Hey, just greet people. Like I was just super tense and like mm. some people were very sweet with us. And there are some times from those first few visits to legend yeah. where I was just like blocked it out. Yeah. We, we had PTSD for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's like, everybody has that. Oh, greet people. And then like you get, yeah. I'm just like, what am I getting into? The hardest part about going to a church that, has such a stink about it is like you build relationships with people and then you find out that like I don't know if you want to say the relationships are fake but more or less like the, that they care so much about this mm-hmm. one thing that your relationship kind of takes a backseat to yeah you, I guess. The, re- the relationship has a cost yeah yeah um, like yeah here's a question um so I, I this is one I've been thinking about lately too as a white male who's straight um this is a phrase in christianity i've always said that's very and i've i've realized lately it's very easy for me to say and i was wondering if you felt that that's true for you or not uh so i you know the traditional christian stance for us would be like oh man my identity is in christ i have identity in 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 jesus and who god is Um, and that's really easy to say when you're a middle income white straight male Oh yeah, this is my identity. My identity isn't these things. Is that something? And so I've I've talked to some of my friends who are extremely um, political with their uh, being a woman, um, and that's one where they've struggled with like, oh, you know, I know that I'm supposed to say my identity is not just being a woman, but that's a lot of who I am. So I have to fight for these things. Or or I, I'm just asking, is that phrase easy for you, or is that phrase come with so much that that I wouldn't understand? I think that it's been loaded by one side of an argument and that identity is not so simple as just saying like you're, you're, you identify in this one thing. I mean, even then when you said like my identity is in Christ as a straight white middle-class male, you named four other like attributes mm. right, that, right. that are good. part good. of that composite of your identity. Yeah. So like, yeah, mine can be too, but I also happen to be gay and that's a perspective that I see it through. Sure. Oh, that's good, man. Look at that. That was a great answer, man. I've thought about this one. No, <laughs> that was yeah. a fantastic like, Identity one. politics. And I'm like, just saying that is becoming the thing that you're ranting about. Mm. Right, right. Like, yeah. you, you've, you've oversimplified something because thinking about it enough to like allow for the possibility of perspectives unique from your own. Oh, that's good, man. Different. That's real good. Um, uh, so Mitch, I think I remember this. You did a lot of work or at least a little bit of work with the six scriptures that talk about homosexuality in particular, right? Uh, yeah, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to tackle all of them if you're looking around. No, I just, more of a blanket statement than going through the, the, the six is more like, what, what was your, like, so as someone's like, okay, I like the Bible, I like Jesus. Um, I also have heard all these things and I'm reading these things what did you come away uh, landing? Like, okay, how do I interpret this? What do I do with it? And, I, and there's l- lots of different interpretations that you could take. I was just wondering where you landed or how um, you see those now. Well, Paul was really what I wrestled the most with. Um, 
just namely because like when you talk about Leviticus and things like that, you can talk about it being like a holiness code for right. for Levites and things like that. And, and so when uh, in Romans, just to take the start of Romans, for example, um, I think I think that a lot of the problem is that we've chopped up like chapters at the start of Romans. Because yep. I feel like when you read Romans 1, Paul is going through all these, this list of things that are like reprehensible and like talking about what's bad, what's an abomination, that sort of thing. And then yeah, it's almost like he's got a rhetorical device going where he's speaking to a group of people and as he like gets through the list slowly one by one like everyone's head in the room is like yeah those guys are terrible mm. and then in romans 2 he's like and so are all of you but now mm. jesus right, right, and, right. Oh. And, and i don't think that he's saying that like yeah jesus made it so that you never you never sin anymore or you ever fall short of like the the idea the ideal of like original creation or anything like that but more so that like your life is now lived through the lens of christ and that corrects the aberrations that you struggle with on this side of things. Like, mm. I don't know. And, and I don't know that necessarily Paul was even trying to like make any broad definitions about right and wrong in that first list more so than he was using it to make the broader point that he lands at the start of Romans two. Yeah. No, Man. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly NT Wright's take on that whole, like as a, I, the best Romans commentary I have is that is exactly what you just said to say, like, it's not fair to lift this verse out of here to make another point in your culture wars. Cause Paul's not interested because well, Paul doesn't, he didn't have any of the categories that we have in our culture wars. Like we're just, it's, it's so far from a one-to-one like jump that you have to do so many in between steps that like, you really are, are being violent with the scriptures mm-hmm. to take them to make a point Paul wasn't trying to make. And um, yeah, it's, it, it's a super thoughtful response but people don't romans is hard romans is a very difficult text to read like i don't not, it's not that one like <laughs> romans, if you just pull them out of a hat right if you, you just pull just them from one, one verse <laughs> um, yeah, this is my this is my faith now the one that says gaze at that <laughs> <laughs> um man that's good i like i just like i even regardless of whatever i like hearing anyone who's reflected on any piece of scripture and thought about it and and come out thinking I, it's just good on i think uh so and not, not even dealing with a topic of any particular nature i just feel like there's so much in our church world in large that we don't do that enough we just uh oh man there is this text that does mean something to us let's let's wrestle with it let's chew on it let's talk about it um i like that that's awesome i think man. instead instead too i think you see a lot of like starting with the conclusion and then mm. searching through the Bible for individual verses that back sure. up that conclusion. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, it's good, man. I, uh, I like, I know that was, you, all your answers are, are better than I could have thought they would be. <laughs> uh, you look so stupid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually, it's actually one of my, I tell things, people things about you guys all the time that you are, you guys were in like a second or third wave of new visitors to legend or new folks to come and join the church. Um, but you guys are as snar- both of you are as snarky and as quick witted as anybody I've ever met in my life. And I'm, a, <laughs> I'm amazed at how quick witted you guys, you guys are with a comment. Um, and there's only one or two other people at legend that can hang at that level. Um, and I don't think people know that about you because you're generally pretty polite and until you get to like, not until you get to know people, but you're, you're more reserved <laughs> And then as you get to know people, get more comfortable. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these guys have got something to say right now. Well, yeah. Once people everybody. have established that they deserve to be treated that way, mm. then it's all, <laughs> all it's part. We, uh, yeah, we, I think we, we lean into it a lot, a lot harder when we join that kickball legend league that we never oh, played yeah. the same game at. <laughs> yeah. I really that just a club, let's be honest. <laughs> we, played, we played like two games and then it was like, oh. I went to every once. Well, a bunch of yeah, people just, show up. Um, they just be like, Aaron Cloud, kickball's canceled. <laughs> Here's a question, and I'm sort of asking it without really knowing what I'm asking, and I'll probably figure it out by the time I'm done with the question. Um, but uh, so when I, um, what I did, it was, I don't know, 2010-ish or whatever, 11, I did the my first gay wedding I did. 
Um, that was, I would just keep in mind that I'm so dumb. Like I'm just not, <laughs> I don't process ahead of time ever. I only am in the moment. So I'm at this wedding and I'm sitting there at the reception and all these people are coming up to me like, oh man, this is, and it was before it was legal. Um, so it was like, that made it kind of fun. It was like, ooh, this isn't even legal. Uh, it was in Columbus and, um, all these people were like, oh man, where's your church? I'd and that was the first time I ever even processed that I had always been told that, man, gay people do not like God. And that was the moment in that chair going, oh, it's us that don't like gay people. It's not God. <laughs> like, it's, and that, that was when I was like, oh, we've kept people from the church. Uh, and I was like, oh, if we lived in Columbus, man, this would be so awesome because all these people would come to our church. So anyways, I think I always thought without, I, we've never been a, we, we've always been really purposeful about we don't target sort of anyone, like anyone can come to our church. We want to be a place that's um, inclusive and all these other things. And, uh, but I did have this secret thought that like, oh, I bet we'll start getting a lot of gay people because they don't have anywhere to go and people don't like them. But uh, I don't think that's happened. Do you? <laughs> Here's why the why, aren't why you guys not is my question. Do you think it's that people aren't really looking like they think or um, we're really bad at advertising or we're not the best place for everyone? I, that's my question. Well, for our part, we're really... Uh, not that you speak we're like everyone. really disappointing gay people. Like we don't have a lot of gay friends. In this <laughs> oh, great! Did I get the wrong ones. <laughs> yeah, you did. Sorry. I think it's the rejection. I mean, the only story I have to go off is I when I came out, I worked with another coworker who went to. He was he was part of a. Um, I don't know what the right word to use is. Are you trying to not say cult? No, you're not a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say Southern Baptist, but I'm not real sure. Um, but <laughs> Just throw them under the bus. They can take it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a stereotype. <laughs> you might have to edit this out of the podcast or figure out a way to, or maybe just. No, it, to it totally was. I know who you're talking about. He's, he's, part, of a, he's, part, of a black, he's part of a black church. He's a, he's a black man. And he, um, um, I don't know if that's any different being in that kind of congregation than a Southern Baptist congregation. Um, but he came out and, um, you know, he, I mean, his whole personality just like did a 180. Um, now that's not to say that like he's, he changed because he became gay, but like, I feel like there was a time there where he was, he didn't, he, I don't think he's been back to church since because mm -hmm. he's just been so rejected by yeah. his own his own environment. Mm. So I think it kind of has a lot to do with um, the welcomingness of, mm. of most churches. churches. And I think that's kind of a... And I, I think too that you see a lot of people like handling that rejection. Like you see a lot of people blaming the church for that rejection, but not necessarily blaming God. Like mm. I don't think that... Because I mean, statistically, um, like more than half of gay people claim to be religious. Uh, but I don't know how like church attendance plays into that. I know for my own mm. part, like I had a lot of church baggage that I kind of had to work through on my sure. own. And uh, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to find that that's common. Yeah. It's kind of like a high school reunion. Like why would you go if everybody there hates you or something? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and I, <laughs> but, like, I, I thought cynically, like one of the, like to along Justin's line of thoughts, like that if you could, you could probably do really good work positioning yourself as like, if you were broadcasting like open and affirming and that actually like in conversations with love boldly and the work that they were doing was really helpful about like how to do that. Like how to be open and affirming in healthy ways that isn't patronizing and isn't cynically driven just to drive attendance to your church, right? Like that what's it look like to actually care for people and not care mm -hmm. for growth, not care for numbers, not care for these other things. Um, for me, like I have such a such an inborn need to be against that once I found out there was this sort of rule, then I became a person against this sort of rule over here. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been in the, but the flip side of that has been, man, there are so many folks when we when we went to the when we did the work at the Pride Parade, there were so many folks that just were so hurt by the church. And somebody needs to stand in that gap and say, Man, I'm really sorry that all my brothers and sisters were assholes about that, right? 
I don't need to distance myself from them. I don't need to kick them out of the church. They were just, they were just assholes in the way they treated people. And it, it sucks that that, that became a dominant voice, but it'd be silly to act like we didn't earn that dominant voice. Like it'd be silly to say that that dominant voice isn't, isn't honestly earned by the church in America. Mm. There's also the fear too, that like how, how, how deep that earnestness goes. Yeah, sure. If you know what I mean? Cause like there are a lot of fake, I, I'm, say fake. I don't know if fake is necessarily the right word. I think they mean well, but they're not willing to go as far as they need to go. Like there's, yeah. I, I know that I've known of church. Oh man. I don't know if we Hold on, you froze. Yeah, so Mitch. Hold on, I missed your whole thought because you froze on us. Oh no. Yeah. Sorry. You said I've known <laughs> a lot of churches and then that's when it oh, froze. Yeah, okay. I, I've known um, a lot of churches who will like go to the pride parade and be like, mm. sorry, you've been treated badly, but at the same time, they're not like, yeah right affirming like you can come but like you can't be in the choir or something like that right Ooh, that's uh we had we had that fight about somebody else at legend who somebody wanted me to block them from being in the in the worship band because they were sleeping with their girlfriend um at the time but they didn't care if i let them come to the community dinner so like like serving the community dinner Mm -hmm. was fine for that level of sinner but like singing the songs was not fine for that level of sinner yeah and, um, and once i started like and I was in seminary at the time. And so I started asking questions. I'm like, Oh, is that, is that sort of hierarchy a real thing? And then the conversation got very awkward right. and everybody was mad at me. When I was, uh, I worked, it was like 2003 or four. I worked at a large Omega church and there was a, a gay couple that came and I was always really like, man, I can't believe they come. I, I, this church definitely is not affirming at all, but that wasn't even a word that we would have used. I don't think in 2004. Um, but uh they set up uh the chairs there was a school a portable churches giant church in a school and they came and set up chairs every week um and then the pastor was always really big on volunteers like volunteers are the leaders of the church volunteers are the leaders of the church so eventually these guys wanted to lead a missions trip and they were told no that they cannot lead anything because of their lifestyle and I remember going like, but hold on, we just said that we let them come set up chairs every week for like years. And we said that servants are leaders, but you can't lead the mission trip to like, I just, that was the first time I, I again, started to question like, okay, something's wrong here. Something's not right. Like, why is that a thing? That, but that's, that's real common, I think. Yeah. I mean, that was exactly my experience at our previous church where like, it was a little more dramatic than that but yeah well we we don't need to get into the details but like it was kind of like i'm like they're they're happy to like take on like a behind the scenes volunteer but like when it comes to becoming a member like presented with these like belief statement and like why don't you sign on the dotted line like this feels like something i can't do Mm -hmm. right (laughs) right. this is gonna backfire for both of us if i do that it's real hard to shake um your childhood traditions like it's so like i was having a conversation just two days ago with someone from our church and we weren't talking about this we were just talking about in general where my spirituality is versus what i was raised to think and every now and then like there's a little voice in the back of my head being like are you are you going too far like is this are you really are you backsliding have you really you know are you really doing it right and it's i just think about that voice all the time um, how interesting it is to that it just creeps up, and I'll be like, no, 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 I'm I'm good now. I, I feel good, and this is like, <laughs> is it about you and your feelings, or are you not? You know, it's just it's just interesting how I, I don't know if we'll ever shake those those voices of childhood, which um, leads me to how we have to make sure that the children in our church are not uh, hearing that voice, but they only hear something good. And um, I read recently; uh, it's in an Enneagram book. No, sorry, I did not read it. A friend of mine wrote it and she was telling me about it. Sometimes I do that. I don't mean to do that. Um, uh, (laughs) I'm trying to make sure I'm very honest. I did not read it. Um, uh, But she was saying he, when we're we're young, um, we just remember rejections a lot. And the church, you know, should be a place where we go and we go, because in our family, we feel, for the most part, when we're babies, we feel accepted in our family because they've accepted us in. And we know that our family loves us and cares for us. 
And ideally it should be the same when you go to a church that I'm in this family and they've, you know, there's things I can do that my family can be upset with me, but like they've accepted me in, but too many times we've gone, we go into churches and we're immediately hit with the rules of what we, what's going to kick us out. You can't be accepted unless you're this, 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 and do this, 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 and how destructive that can be for children and for adults as well when, oh, okay, we're not presented with love, we're presented with a system of acting the right way, and then we can get loved. And anyways, in the Enneagram book, it's just talking about how it forms a lot of our insecurities and who we are and our thoughts on God. And it's good. I did not read it. <laughs> but you, like secondhand, right? You can yes. Second. I wonder what God's opinions on all these like little rule sign there. <laughs> I mean, Pharisees weren't exactly painted in a favorable light. <laughs> um, this has been like the heaviest conversation we've had on this That's podcast good, in, a long, in a long time. I appreciate Yay. you letting me ask naive questions too, because sometimes there's, uh, I have, I, a lot of times I'll think things and don't always know how true they are because I don't really ever ask people sometimes. Um, no, it's fine. I'm totally fine with it. Matt, um, oh, no, 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 I was, I was going to do our, you're good. So Matt, you graduated from college this spring. Yeah. In the middle of this, like, have you found a job yet? Are you doing anything else? I'm looking. Yeah. Dude, it's, a, it's an awful time to be looking for a job right now. Yeah. Um, I'm finding that a lot of companies want people with like mid level experience, people who've been in the business, mm. because I don't think a lot, at least the way that I'm getting it now, people, uh, People want people that can help them get out of their hole that they've been yeah, forced yeah. into because of COVID. Yeah. So, and you're, you got a degree in IT, right? Like information technologies? Yeah. Do you want um, to be a network administrator? Is that the goal? That's the only thing I think of with IT jobs is network administration. Because I did like, I used that, to teach that, network that, administration. That is a, an outlet, but I'll tell you right now, I took like one networking class in college and I hated it. So <laughs> Databases is more the thing you want. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, although I, I mean, I, you don't have to hate something to do it, at least as far as I've always, always learned. So I could do networking. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good thing that it's something you can kind of do remotely too, right? Yeah, yeah. Way to nail um, that decision a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, same. Well, I, we, it's weird because uh, we, we sort of, we, we planned it out to where like, okay, you know, let's just double down on classes for the next year. And I, I, I was, I, I didn't have a job for a year because I was doubling down to finish mm. the degree. And I'm like, well, after I finish, I can look for work and then COVID. And it's like, right, oh, right, right. now I'm probably out for two years unless someone hires me out on good faith. Oh. <laughs> and you guys, and you guys have said that you're, but well, sorry, Mitch, you've said that you're sort of loving quarantine life. And Matt, you said you're going a little stir crazy right now. Is that because you're not working? Do you think if you were working, it'd be better, like with quarantine? Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't think I have a thing. I'm, I'm, I all I have time to do is play video games. Right, right. And um, I, I just think if I had something that I was doing every day that I had to do that was bringing in something, I'd probably be a little better, like Mitch's. That uh, and like applying to stuff and not getting it over yeah. a long period of time is just super yeah. disheartening. Like it's not his fault or anything. Yeah. It just. Uh, speaking of which, do you guys realize, I think about this all the time, actually, that you're living my like high school, college dream life. Like I get to play video games. Every console that exists is here. I'm kind of just hanging, hanging out with pals and like playing video games. Like it's kind of awesome. Uh, anyways. I mean, it works. Your house. You have a whole room that is like visual, uh, virtual you know, reality. We changed it up a little bit. We have a, uh, we bought, a, there's a new, so you know how we have cameras everywhere? Um, yes. We thought that looked a little creepy. So. <laughs> <laughs> On account of people coming over and saying, this is really creepy. <laughs> but no, it was like a, the tracking system was like little infrared cameras you had to set up. But uh, we got rid of that one and got a new one that has like the cameras on the headset itself. So mm -hmm. you can just plug it into your computer with one. So we can take the VR room to you. Yeah. Uh, we can get Lucas wants one in the, like after seeing the one at your house, my youngest wants one in the worst kind of way. Not bad enough to save up for it. Like he keeps being distracted by like Fortnite skins that he spends his money on and not did so yeah. tracking on the VR system. But he wants one really badly, but they, they think they, it looks like the Xbox, is the Xbox getting a VR system? I don't think so. Yeah, I haven't seen okay. anything. Their, their, their little future is now conference is happening right now. Like right Maybe now, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, no, like I my friend was looking for one and I was like, get the quest. He's like, why? I was like, you don't want to set you don't want to wire your home up to have VR. You want something that you can take with you in the quest, you can literally just plug it into the computer and set it up and you don't you need one cable. Right. So mm-hmm. Um, so we're about to be done. Uh, we've been asking people kind of in a silly or serious way, whatever. Um, what do you want? You can plug anything in your life right now, a company, a thing you do, your friends company, you get to plug, you know, something that the masses will hear when they listen to our podcast. So the masses, the masses, <laughs> what, what do you want? What is it? You can even plug oh, legend community church, legendchurch.com. <laughs> Yeah, let's do that. I think I'll just do that. I'll fall back on Oh, that. no, you got to do your pull... own. Okay. No, I'm trying to pull back from the internet a lot. What's my <laughs> All I have right now is like be in the internet. <laughs> so I'm trying to like when you say resist, plug, when you say plug, what do you mean? What's something what you, you want what are you into? to go check out? Like um, plugs. Yeah, plugs. Like you're like plugging right. in the thought into someone's brain. You're going to have to go first so I can think about it. I already went. You didn't go. You, you, <laughs> you said the legend. <laughs> You can your favorite video game or something. Man, I like trying to think about it. We're just gonna plug in a favorite podcast of mine or something. Yeah, like Bastard Pastors. Yeah, that one's good. Oh man. (laughs) I like that this is making you just struggle. Like, I can't, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I have one shot here and I'm gonna mess it up. I know, it's rough. Um Jeez. I, I would love it if you said like another local church. You know what? I'd actually just really like to talk about uh, <laughs> this other church around the corner. Yeah, Knox Presbyterian. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Pastor Knox uh, the the Presbyterian awesome. is amazing. Like, she's she's yeah, I know. Yeah. That was one of the places that we checked out. It was oh. a little more formal than, yeah. it was a little formal for, for us, but we did enjoy it. And I listened to the episode she did with you guys. Yeah, she's, she's, she's cool. Um, she's so cool. Their associate pastor has a son that's in Lucas's age. And like, they had a birthday party for all the kids that age. And Lucas got in a fist fight at this birthday party. Mm. And it wasn't, oh, nice. it ended up not being Lucas's fault. And the, the pastor called me like, and you could tell that he was very anxious that I was going to be upset. And I was like, <laughs> like, well, did Lucas start the fight? And he's like, no, no, not at all. He didn't do anything wrong. I was like, did Lucas win the fight? And he's like, no, I, no, I just, it was over pretty quick. I was like, oh, is Lucas in the hospital? He's like, no, no. I was like, hey, why are you calling me? What are you calling me for? I don't care about anything anymore. <laughs> Sounds like your problem, dude. Bye. <laughs> Enjoy the party. No, this is a little more like serious, kind of a break from what we were talking about. But like, uh, I guess I can plug this. Okay. Um, there is uh, a podcast that I found by the guy who runs Sid Rap, like the center. Uh, I've forgotten how to acronym disease research and prevention. It's in uh, Minnesota. Uh, it's called the Osterholm Update, and it's the most like sober, apolitical take on all the crap that's going on right now. Oh, okay. What's it called again? The podcast? The Osterholm Update. The guy in charge is named Michael Osterholm. It's okay. O-S-T-E-R-H-O-L-M. Yeah, and just he has like a weekly chat this. about like different, like the efficacy of masks, like what's good in junk science is being published right now. Like kind of gets underneath the current of headlines that are sometimes way more optimistic or Ooh. pessimistic. Uh, real quick, what's the consensus, masks or no masks from him? Uh, he says that there is not enough data to suggest that they are as effective as the media is portraying, but that you should wear them anyway because there's not much else you can really do right now. Man, so I listened to a podcast the the third week in March. So right as this like was clear something was going to happen, but we didn't know what. And somebody was asking of this guy who'd been an epidemiologist for like six different administrations and said, "This is that guy." Is it that because they, they yeah, said you're talking him. about Joe Rogan? Yeah, he was on. I yeah, wasn't going to say Joe Rogan because that gets me hated by lots of people. Um, oh, <laughs> but uh, no, no, I, the podcast, but he's he Rogan's like, Well, what, what can we do? And he's like, Nothing until a vaccine comes. All you can do is socially distance. And they were very worried about how it was, uh, what the effects were in China. But he said, He said, We know that the masks aren't going to be overly super effective in this kind of disease for disease spread. They're helpful in that it, fe- it gives people a feeling that they're doing something positive to co- take control of the environment. Great. Um, now our church is going to be listed as a no masker. I'm fully awesome. I wear the mask. No, all the time. we should. No, for the record, wear them. Wear, wear, wear them. Is there a brand of is there a brand of mask that can plug? <laughs> I right. mean, three M's and ninety fives, but those uh, are the- 
Those so second, second mask story, Lucas wanted some headphones that one of the YouTubers wear. So Kim ordered them from China. And instead of the headphones showing up, four N95 masks showed up. And she's like, I'm going to return them. I was like, they're worth gold. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> I want one because I think they look cool. They have that, is that the one with the little things on the side? Yeah, the little doodad. Uh, do all of them? It's got, like a square, it's got like a little square doodad on it. I'll just yeah, cool. I want I that. Know. It looks cool. Like you're in a video no, game. Mitch, uh, Mitch <laughs> so I have like all these aprons from Star, Starbucks when I worked there. And Mitch has been, well, he, he cut one up and made a mask out of it. Yeah, in the early we days. We could run like, a sweatshop and get money out of that. Like in the panic portion of the pandemic when you couldn't buy them, I ordered a sewing kit and made a mask mm. um, out of an apron. So. I feel like I'm hitting time because I obviously like to accessorize my things. Like, okay, I've had the same deer print mask forever. I need a to start accessorizing my mask. I was like, I, I gotta get a soccer one. I gotta get like, you know, one to wear for formal occasions, one to wear for silly occasions. And so, I got my dad a uh, Trump 2021 so that he would wear them. I told him, like, <laughs> the line that I gave him was, uh, uh, never mind. That's is, is, your dad, is, your dad Trump, is your dad a Trump supporter? <laughs> oh, big time! Yeah. Okay, because I was trying to figure out if that was offensive or like if that was. No, it was. Uh, it, you know, kind of like the "Here Comes the Airplane." It's a way of like tricking him into doing to wear the mask. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, if you want, if you want to make a political statement related to masks, then wear it on. Mask. I really want to give that message out there, but I don't want to wear the mask. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what do I do? So you bought? Did you order that online, or did you buy it in person somewhere? Uh, I ordered it online and made sure so, it was made in China. So you're now in a database, right? That's fine. Oh, so him and his sister were talking about the gift. And Mitch was like, oh, we're just going to get him a mask. And Mitch thought one thing. His sister thought another thing. His sister got him a latex, like, face mask. Like, over. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a Does he wear that, too? Head mask. <laughs> it's absurd. He wore that with the with the mask, and it was like. Yeah. That's for like sexy times with the wife later on. <laughs> Put on that mask, please. There's lots of layers I don't yeah. want to think about that on. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for being on the podcast, guys. Yeah, it's good to see you guys again. It was really good. And maybe we'll see you on Zoom shirts sometime. Mm, so cool. <laughs> 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 <laughs>